Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy. Hi, and welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast. We are sponsored by Establishment Coffee, so if you want 25% off your order and free shipping, go to establishmentcoffee.com and use the code 025. How's this? We're just at the cafe. Bruno fucking forgot about that, <laughs> that deal. <laughs> That's right. They got an order for one that said, and they're like, zero. <laughs> and Bruno's like, do we do this? And Carlo's like, yeah, mate, we fucking do. <laughs> Carlo. Well, as long as they honoured it. <laughs> um, what's been happening, guys? What have you been up to, Tombro? It's the lost, lost and founds today, the poor man's Chicago's. Ooh, do you reckon they're nicer than the Chicago ones? Nah. Nah? Nah, not with all this like fake cracking stuff. I like that though. It, yeah, it looks cool, but nah. You know how people mock like fake vintage? Like wouldn't you rather have like a nice pair with a vintage look? Right. It, well, so I've got an original pair from 1996, a 12s, of taxi 12s. And you don't want a vintage pair of shoes because I, I literally can't touch it. If I pick it up, it'll fall apart. Yeah, have they cracked already? They're cracked as hell. Like, yeah, fuck. How do you stop that from happening for shoes? Can you? Uh, you got to, well. You meant to wrap them up. Yeah, that's that's going to prolong it. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's plastic, and plastic degrades over time. Mm. Like you, you can't really stop it. Yeah, that's why you should wear your shoes. Yeah. You'll notice as well, like old shoes. Have you got shoes that have yellowed that you haven't even worn? Yeah, yeah. So the yellow, the uh, midsoles will or yellow over top. Uh, I've worn them, but they're not enough to to look like as yellow as they are. You know, you know how they're making shoes like there's the a yellowing. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of weird. It is weird. It's cool. But you just said that about the cracking. Yeah, but I yeah, I know. I'm just contra- I'm contradicting myself. Anyway. What have you been up to, Tom, bro? Uh, what have I been up to? We have had a absolute nightmare getting the Wales gym uh, the location secured, but just overnight I was up late going back and forth with lawyers and just overnight we've um we've finally fully secured our location. So that's a big weight off our shoulders. So getting ready for that. Um Otherwise, just gearing up for the Zero Pro. If you haven't entered, enter it. I'm sick of seeing people online being like, yeah, training for the Zero Pro and not having their entry form <laughs> because like the entries are limited and if we shut them down, that's it. You miss out. So enter the Zero Pro. Yes. Yes. What about you, CJ? What have you been up to? Um, as much training's been really good. Mm. Um, the first part of the block was kind of like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work out so well, but coming to the end of the block has actually felt better. Um, everything's kind of actually coming together now which is kind of the first time that's ever happened with me like in terms of going through an injury and coming back to where I was before the injury in terms of like numbers um and seeing that like all the hard rehab and work and stuff actually pays off Mm. (laughs) when really you just think you've just gone backwards because of the injury so it's actually really cool to see it firsthand um I've obviously witnessed it like people here and you guys and seeing you guys come back stronger but when you're going through, you're like, I don't know if this is going to come right for me. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, no, nah, it's been a really cool journey. Nice. That's really good to hear. Gage, what have you been up to? Um, Not a lot. I'm in deload week at the moment and it's come at the right time because I'm feeling pretty run down. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just uh, finished my first block of um, reintroducing squats into my program again. And they were really good. Nice. Everything feels really good. Feels the best it's felt in ages. So I'm happy. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. Um, what have I been up to? Yeah. Same old, just back on my bullshit now that I'm uh, injury-free. Jitsen? Jitsen, running, lifting. 
Nice. Having a good old time. Yeah, so that's cool. I love uh, at the moment. Uh, yeah, I'm loving everything at the moment. I'm finding I'm trying to work out the balance because out of everything, running's pretty easy on the body. Uh, you get like sore knees and like shins and that, but like that's fine. You just don't run the next day. Uh, li- really enjoying lifting and jujitsu. Uh, I'm I'm loving it, but that's the hardest on the body. That's the worst. I'm trying to find the balance of how many sessions I can do a week before I uh, break down. What gets the most sore, or is it just like full body soreness? Uh, it's my arms, mm. my biceps. Uh, like, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's like low, the low bar pain, but yeah. on both arms. And after jujitsu, my arms are just fried. It's probably because I'm still relatively new mm. to jujitsu. Maybe there's something I'm, you know, a little bit too uh, aggressive. Mm. Uh, that white belt spazziness, maybe that's what I'm doing, but that's all good. Mm. And you had some really bad um, doms in your calves, didn't you? Did you figure out what that was from? Yeah, speaking of tombra, <laughs> it's definitely from front squats. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just stretching my calves, driving my knees forward, getting a more dorsiflexion than anything else I've been doing lately, and loading it especially. Mm. So it's probably just from that. You know mm. what? That that's funny because I've been wondering. It's so funny we had that conversation. Now we're talking it again. The last two days have been. Why are my calves so sore? <laughs> and I did, I did front squats on Monday for the first time in like ten years. Yeah, it was you, and I think Juicy was doing some as well. Everybody was um, getting in on it. Yeah, they're they're fun. They're f- yeah. How'd you go? Did you go to the front rack? Well, um, no, I can't go to the front rack. I'm glad I don't have to join APU. Yeah. So <laughs> J- James and I had a little bet, and if I squat, if I front squatted over 170, I was going to have to join the APU. <laughs> uh, but I matched my 10 year old PB of 160 for one, nice. and, then I, and then I walked away with a very sore back and now very sore calves, and I'm never going to do front squats for another 10 years. What a waste of time! What a dumb exercise. <laughs> it's funny. Do a hack squat. You know when um, you know when people are like, oh, work, I want to get my front squat stronger, so they start loading front squats. Like, just do a back squat. <laughs> you're gonna get way stronger. <laughs> unless unless you're a, a, a weightlifter, don't worry about it. Mm. <laughs> it's just a novel exercise that I like to push. Nah, I should I shouldn't rag on them too much, but yeah, front squats can take take a hike. <laughs> uh, what shoes have you got on today? Have you shown everyone these? Yet? Me. Yeah, I, um, I've got the Salomon XT6s. I thought they were sketches. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because um, Geordie's mum, she said that to me last week. She's like, sketches are coming back in fashion, eh? I'm like, Sorry? <laughs> you what? <laughs> oh, That's man. You're going to rock Sorry. up with, with those sketches that like apparently make you lose weight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those ones that look like little boats. Yeah, yeah and they like rock when yeah. you walk. That's cool. They look like Heelys. <laughs> oh uh, I bought a pair of sketches a few months back and he never let me hear the end of it. So oh. I got rid of them. Didn't wear them once. <laughs> She's like, they're comfy. And I'm like, yeah. I don't ask if they're comfy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, amazing. All right. What are we grateful for? Bridget. I am grateful for a job that gets me out of my comfort zone all the time. It's terrifying, but it's helping me grow as a person and a coach. So I'm very grateful for that. Wait, when are you out of your comfort zone? All the time. What do you have to do? <laughs> <laughs> All the time. <laughs> She's this, actually this for one. <laughs> do you know what? Still you makes me nervous, but I come it, on. And don't I do say it. coaching makes you uncomfortable because that would be it like being, me being a cleaner and be like, oh, I have to clean today. I'm way out of, <laughs> way out of my comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because you say that you always say you're awkward or whatever, but you're so good socially. So good, yeah. Mm. I hope so. But you are getting very good with like the leads thingies. So well done. Thank you. Mm. Thanks. 
Nice, James. Yeah, just talking to people and getting to know new people and, but yeah. I love it though. I love you mean, it. You mean you're th- the thing that you're the best at out of any of us? Okay. Yep. Being a nice human. <laughs> Caring. Uh, um, what am I grateful for? I am grateful for just our gym and the people that we have at our gym. We've got some very interesting characters. Yeah. Uh, I'm just very grateful for the people that I get to see and interact with every day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's cool. Really cool. We've got a really cool environment here. Mm. Very grateful for it. For sure. Mm. CJ. Yeah, I'm grateful for the for what I know when it comes to lifting. Like, I feel like we're still quite a niche in just gym. Uh, I don't know, gymming in general. And I guess like I'm still out of all my mates that we all go to the gym, we all train. I'm still like the one percent that knows how to power lift and knows how to lift with, I guess, a gold standard and has a proper structure to my training and all that. And just seeing the progression that I've made, I'm very grateful for it because. I kind of just fell into this. I didn't look for it. You know what I mean? So it's just, yeah, I'm very, from someone who hated lifting or going to the gym, just wanted to play sports to now being such a, (laughs) so into it. Yeah, it's really cool. I didn't know you hated lifting. No, like growing up as a kid, I never liked going to the gym or doing gym stuff because I never understood it or had nothing. Like I like sports. Yeah. I I played cricket. I played footy. I played like I boxed. I did all sorts of things, but just lifting for lifting didn't excite me. Yeah, but wow. powerlifting makes it a sport. Yeah. And then it make you know, it makes it competitive. It makes it like okay, I'm attaining things. It's like it's a game. Yeah. I think that's what I need. So yeah, so that I love it now. <laughs> I absolutely love it. That's so cool. That's, that's nice. a good one. Uh I am grateful for this podcast. Uh, I'm I'm notoriously bad for not caring about putting content out. Like I just don't care. I don't want to make Instagram posts. I don't really want to make YouTube videos or anything like that. Uh, and I always saw podcasts like Peak Speak before this, and and now this podcast is just a way to sort of sit down and share some thoughts and ideas, and you know, chat with you guys and call it a job. And then you know, getting people that actually listen to us and actually enjoy it and and follow along like having um having jacob and tuva jump on <laughs> last, last week uh and you know, the various the various people who you don't expect to to listen to to the podcast like uh please forgive me if i get your name wrong but brian over in the uk jordan's stepdad i think it is uh you know, he he was their um, celebrant over at the wedding we went to in Spain. And he's like, "Yeah, I listen to you guys on the podcast every week." I'm like, "This guy's not even into powerlifting," <laughs> and he sits down and and listens to us. Like, it's um, th- there's a guy that Meg and I go see for coffee, like at our local coffee shop up in Brisbane. His name's Nick. Uh, he listens to the podcast. Yeah, and I'm like shout out to Nick. He makes the, the meanest coffee that Bellissimo in Cooperu best coffee in Brisbane by far. Nice. But like people like that, they're just like. Listen and appreciate the podcast. I don't know. I just love it. No, that's awesome. I love it too. I um, Actually, i got another grateful. I'm grateful for all my clients that I coach. Mm. Um, i got a really cool team. Um, you got a big team at the moment, yeah. man. Yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful. I can't believe I'm in the position that I am. I can't believe people want to get coached by me. They're like, I want to get coached by that guy. I'm like, what? why? Because <laughs> you're great at what you but do. There's, um, Lim accidentally added me to a group chat. <laughs> <laughs> Lim <laughs> Is that like the Henny's Heroes group chat or whatever Yeah and I was like fuck That's so cool like I just think it's cool How like not me Personally but like there's just this like Sub community like In Zero that all gets coached by me 
and they've all like connected and they're all so different and it's just so funny it's so cool it's great until you get to my age and you're 10 years on in your coaching journey and realize that people connect on hating you. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck this guy, give me more fucking tempo squats. It's so funny because uh, someone, uh, I can't remember who it was, but someone posted like a screenshot of their group chat on their story and I, it was something funny. And then I looked at all the people and I'm like, wait, they're everyone that I fucking coach. <laughs> it was like seen by Caro, Jasmine, Alessandra. I was like, hey, wait, what? <laughs> Hold the phone. <laughs> So yeah, I'm very grateful for that. Oh, oh um, that's so good. I'll kick off the quotes. Uh, so this one is from a man, uh, Carlo from Establishment. He always hits me with a quote. <laughs> Shout out Carlo. He's lost 20 kilos since training here. Yeah. Really? I haven't seen him for a little while. It 20 kilos. Great. Far it out. Great. That's mm. awesome. He was, mm-hmm. what, 100? He was 100 sure. kilos and now he's sub, sub 80. So 20, yeah, 79 something. Because I think he said his original goal was to lose 17 kilos mm. and he's lost 20. So. That's so good. Yeah. I love seeing Carlo because it, it just reminds me of like the job I was doing when I was up and coming like through uni. And then when I first opened the gym, I was driving a forklift and he was like a corporate guy, like a sales guy and for Coca-Cola working at the same plant that I did. And he doesn't remember me from back then, but I remember him distinctly. Uh, it, yeah, it's just funny. Yeah, he's the man. I was just a shit kicker in the warehouse. Look at me now, Carlo. <laughs> Look at me now, baby. <laughs> Uh, all right, so my quote is, you are the author of Space and Time by Donald Hoffman. So there are no limits to get you out of the fences. They hold you in. They are placing the limits. You're more interesting and special than what you'd expect. Nice. Cool. I like that. Kind of don't know what it means. I was going to say, I, yeah, really, I, like, I really didn't follow to, that. I'm trying to dissect it in my it's head. It's kind of something like, Bridget would here. say. Hey. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just when it started with space and time, I'm like, yeah, yeah Bridget Kennedy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's got some dark undertones to it. Nice. <laughs> Gidge. Um, Mine is a Brian Cox quote, and it is, no one gets teased for being a nerd anymore. Science is the new rock and roll. Nice. Yeah. Science is the new rock and roll. <laughs> what the hell? He's <laughs> saying it with a big smile on his face yeah. as well. <laughs> that is the nerdiest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Shut up. You're into it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I am. I am. You, can't, you can't be a jock forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> no one cares about sports anymore. <laughs> <laughs> CJ, what do you got? Um, life is about making mistakes. Death is about wishing you made more. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. It's a bit dark. <laughs> Another quote by Bridget. <laughs> that was a good one. All right. We know you think it was a good one. <laughs> My quote is be the person your dog thinks you are. Ah, uh, yes, that's the best. Mm, I love that. Mm. Bridget asked me a really good question last night. I do, when you, but when you think about it, my dog just thinks I'm a walking and feeding machine. <laughs> what, what did she ask? Ask that question again, Gidge. Um, It was if your dog could understand what you were saying to him for 30 seconds, what would you say? Oh, I'd just be crying. You don't understand. You saved me. Oh, <laughs> you mean so much to me. I love you. <laughs> You'd have no idea after all these years. <laughs> did you ever? Oh, did gosh. you ever get into Far Side comics? Oh yeah, it's my dad's favorite. Yeah, <laughs> there's one where a guys like invented a a thing to understand what dogs are saying. And yeah. all they're saying is bark. <laughs> <laughs> so like he's finally worked out to, to how to translate it and literally all they're saying is bark, 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 bark. 
so good. I have every Far Side comic ever ever written. That's so good. Yeah. How much? What did you um, pay for that? Where did you find that? It's uh, like a collection. Yeah, right? I would have bought. I want to buy it for my dad. Yeah, it's in like a. It's these two giant volumes, and uh, I don't know. I bought it when I was like eighteen or nineteen. Wow, because that guy's retired now, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. I'd be surprised if he's still alive. Yeah, I was just thinking that. My dad's favorite one is there's this penguin, and he's surrounded by ice, and he's laying on the ground because he slipped over on a banana peel. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's the best. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> they're the best. Comics. Yeah. Have you guys uh, watched anything interesting lately? Any books? I watched Oppenheimer. Oh, oh and? Gonna go see it this weekend. It's so good. What is I'm it, a s- horror? I'm s- no, no. no. Oh. It's it's about a guy named Ro- uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer. It's he's a true a guy, story, right? He's a true story. Yeah. He's the guy that invented the atomic bomb. Oh. Yeah, so Let's it's a story. It. Yeah, it's, it's unreal. And it's, as a fan of Christopher Nolan, this movie is like an accumulation of all his work. I've watched all these movies and watching this one is like, I see bits from the prestige in there, interstellar inception, yeah. like how he's written it, how he's paced the film, how he shot it. You the said he's your favorite director. right? Yeah. 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 The whole thing was shot in IMAX. So it, it looks like if you go to a theater with a big screen, it honestly looked like the screen's not there. Like it's yeah. just so, mm. yeah, it's awesome. Nice. I haven't watched Barbie. <laughs> but I watched Oppenheimer. What, what's the uproar with Barbie? Why is there so many things on the internet about it? Why is everyone blown up about it? Apparently, it, I thought it was just going to be like a really silly comedy, but apparently, it's all very like women's empowerment and. So that's oh. why people are mad. No, well, that, people are mad, but people also love it. So that, you, oh. that's what Barbie served. Served like mm. it's it's a big part of um, you know coming out in that era where women were treated like nothing. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah, but yeah, I haven't seen it either. Apparently, there's quite a bit of workism in it, but yeah. I mean, that's just what you get with today's yeah, so day and age. Mm. Getting a lot of love hate. So it's both, both sides. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. But mm-hmm. it's just like this massive dual publicity because the the th- um what are they called um like DreamWorks and like production companies. yeah the, the production oh, yes. companies like it because Christopher Nolan had broken away from the same one as Barbie so they released it on the same date uh-huh. I don't know ask Meg she's told the story a thousand times yeah. in front of me and I keep forgetting what it is <laughs> <laughs> but that's why they both got like this massive dual publicity and yeah, released at the I same time I was wondering time. why yeah mm. but Barbie's kicking its ass isn't it oh I've yeah. never seen I went to the cinema on the weekend and I've never seen it so busy there was just people yeah. everywhere and they're all dressed in pink and so wait yeah. is it uh is it like a is it a cartoon or no? It's a Barbie's live a, it's a live thing. action. It's yeah. Margot oh, Robbie man. and um, Margot Robbie's Barbie and Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Apparently, yeah. it's really good. Mm. You know, have you seen the Lego Movie? Yep. You know how like the Lego Movie is people playing with Lego, but it's kind of like what they're doing is influencing the outside world and vice versa. I think it's a bit like that. Oh, cool! So it's not like a kids movie. No. Nah. No. Oh, yeah. No. I want to go see that then. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I'll go mm. see it. I'll see um, both of them. Yeah, sweet. Mm. Marathon. Yeah. What's the longest movie marathon you've ever done? A lot of them. You've done all three back to back? Yeah. That's commitment. Bro, I've, I can barely sit in front of a television for an hour. So I don't. I think I've watched one movie and that's it. CJ? Might be The Fast and Furious. What, or um, 10? No, 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 no. Like this is back when there was like four or five out, not yeah, 10. Wow. Not 10. <laughs> I don't. I don't ever know if I've ever done. It. I'm like you. Mm. Like I remember when kids used to go on. I think on the school holidays or maybe like once a year they'd do a movie marathon at the cinemas. It's like my worst nightmare. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah. Um, one movie I'll be 100% fixated on, but it'll literally drain my attention stores for like a month. Mm. For a month? Not, not really, but you know what I mean. I don't, because I, I don't even really remember like watching movies as a kid. Like I watched, you know, like cartoons and. Oh, no, I was out on the streets, bro. <laughs> I, was, I was playing rugby, bro. <laughs> no, I was legit. playing sports, bro. Me and my brother were just outside all the time. We only just got a TV last year. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> Such a jock. <laughs> it's funny. Me and Bridget were talking about this the other day. I was like, I do have very meathead tendencies. Mm. Yeah, we were trying to work out which um sort of demographic he fits into. There's lots of different. Lots of different bits. Mm. <laughs> Complex. Yeah. Mm. Multifactorial. Oh. <laughs> uh, what have uh, you... Uh, all right, what do you got? Oh, wait. Well, what was the question? What's, oh, what, what, what were we watching? What were we watching? Ah. Yeah. Well, I started watching Black Mirror. Yeah, so good. Apparently yeah, but from season six. Yeah, I didn't so realise. I thought it was the so first episode so of the first season. Bridget hadn't seen any of them, so that's your yeah. homework. Is yeah, so that's, that's so going to be my new good. thing. Wait, so yeah. have you guys both seen... Most of them? All yes, of them? most of them. What of them. What are the highlight episodes for you guys? Um, you White there? Christmas. Oh. White Christmas is by far my favourite episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't answer that. I wouldn't have yeah. a clue. <gasps> now I'm out of the loop. My, mine right, is either the one with, I don't know how to say it without spoiling. There's one with cockroaches. Oh, yes. Oh. The one okay. with the cockroaches. They're not actual cockroaches. Okay, because yeah, that's my phobia. No, no, no. So they're, they're cold cockroaches. <laughs> it is. It is. I can deal with spiders and everything else. If there's one of those big flying cockroaches no, no, anywhere no. near me. They're, they're just cold cockroaches. That like, That's like okay. the no, term no, no. they use to describe these things. Yeah. He's being cryptic. Um, okay. But the best episode, in my opinion, is the one where uh, the kid's being watched through the computer. Oh, yes, 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 yes. That is, uh, yeah. It's got uh, Shut Up and Dance. Okay. I think it's a cult, yeah. Great, great episode, yeah. Why do you know the an- the names of the episodes? This I only know those two. Okay. Those two, White Christmas and Shut Up and Dance. I like because th- they are the best. I like the one where you can see, like, the currency. And they are, you know, they got, like, it's social currency. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. You know that's a real thing in China. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I, I, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, know y- that. You've, got, you've got, like, social credits in China. Oh, wow. And so, like, there's, th- there's things like... If you jaywalk, if you cross the street without pressing the button and waiting for it, on the other side of the road, there'll be a photo of you being like, these are the bad people. Yeah, wow. Oh, my yeah, God. It's pretty full on. <laughs> these are the bad people. Yeah. <laughs> jaywalked. Oh, gosh. I can't wait to get into this yeah. show. It's yeah. actually a good thing that you didn't watch the pilot episode first. Oh, is it not that great? No, it's the pig one. Yeah, yeah. For a lot of people, oh yeah, that one's yeah, fucked up because exactly that, it's, that it's hard to get past it. Yeah, mm. but I yeah. like fucked up. Well, so. yeah, okay. It's just like a lot of people. That one's bad. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people. I'm like, oh, watch Black Mirror, and they watch a part, and they're like, I'm not watching. I was like, they're uh, not all like that one, mm. but they all pretty pretty messed up. But that one is like yeah. such a horrible pilot episode, but it is <laughs> a very it's full on. It is very you're in the deep end. Yeah. So it's good that you've seen a couple, <laughs> yeah. and then now now you can go and watch okay. the first one and be like. Okay, this show's messed up. I'm prepared that it's messed up. <laughs> it's great. All right, so nice. so Meg and I watched the complete series of I think you should leave. Do you guys know what that is? No, you you'd no. know of it. It's the Yeah, why is that? It gets familiar? memes. It gets memed everywhere. It's the guy that's like, um, "You sure about that?" Yeah. You sure about yeah, yeah. Well, like, what have they done? What have they He gets memed on everything. It's from the show I think you should leave. And all the funny parts are in the memes and the rest of it is, it's a real wacky show. 
Is it I, worth watching? I can't recommend it. If you watch it on your own volition, you can make up your own mind about it. <laughs> but I didn't recommend it. There's to some you. there's some really funny parts, but on average, it's not that funny. It's just <laughs> it's pretty dumb. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's very dumb American humor. Yeah. I'm gonna um I'm gonna it's kind of off topic, but it's what I've been watching slash following. So I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but Saudi Arabia are trying to like I'm not infiltrate or trying to make their way into the Western world of sport. Mm. So, you know, the golf thing, how they yeah, uh, merged the, the PGA thing. and they're throwing hundreds of millions of dollars of people to sign with them. They went hard with the UFC, like, yep. back in COVID. Yeah, yeah, and now they're going super hard with uh, with soccer, with yep. football. So they just offered, uh, who was it? Mbappe. Yeah, uh, Mbappe. French, is he French? Yes. French soccer yeah. player. They just offered him 777 million euro a season. It's a billion dollar offer. Holy Jesus! Yeah, a billion dollar offer to uh, three hundred mil to buy out mm. his contract, and then seven hundred mil to play for the year. How stupid! Yeah, is that? It's unreal. And like they've made a because Cristiano Ronaldo is playing in Saudi at the moment. Yes. Yeah. So yes. what they've done, they've even made like got special laws for him where he can live with his because it's not his wife, so his girlfriend's over there living with him. Uh, even though they're not married and things like that. So yeah. Saudi are trying to, you know, um, I read somewhere that they're trying to like soften up their image yeah. and trying to like, you know. Do what they did with Dubai basically. Yeah. In the Emirates. Yeah, so that's what they're trying to do. And so they're just trying to create these, because, you know, they got they got all that money and they're just trying mm. to mm. make a name for themselves, which is crazy. Yeah, wild. Have you seen the thing they're building? I can't remember what that, what it's called. It's that, like this really long skinny Yes, suit. that looks awesome. What is it? It's like this really long, skinny city that's all like mirrored, and it's just like oh, we'll show you after. It's yeah. really, really hard to describe. It looks like a mall kind of thing, and it's yeah, but it's a city. It's like meant to hold millions and millions of people. Wow. Jeez, that's unreal in the middle of the desert. But how how sports work over there is pretty crazy. So I was trying to weasel my way in with um, uh, with powerlifting stuff when I was over there in Dubai, and sort of get the feel of why they run things the way they run things, and where IPF sits, and how other federations can sit. But it's not like here where you can just run your own thing. Everything goes through like a sporting commission part of the government. Everything. Um, and so uh, when it comes to powerlifting, they've got a uh, certain gyms have monopolies on these things, but it's all through the government. So they make very little money out of it. So it makes it hard to grow. So I, I hope for those guys over there, they can work with those governments and figure something out to make powerlifting grow, get some more attention. Because I know they're putting some effort into strongman over there as well. Oh, really? Strong, strong men starting to get some money and stuff. Just sports in general in, in the Arab Emirates are going crazy. Because they've always had like a presence in weightlifting, haven't they? Yeah. Weightlifting, wrestling, like Roman Greco wrestling. Mm. Or is it freestyle? I can't remember one of them. Um, I don't know. I hope I get noticed though. <laughs> I'll take a billion dollar contract. Yeah, unreal. It's so funny seeing all these other sports stars saying, hey, pick me. Yeah. I'll come over there. Yeah. Oh uh, even basketball and things like that. So yeah, it's crazy. Basketball. Yeah, they're just throwing yeah, wow. money at everyone which is unreal so it's super cool gosh and it's n it's not like you give up much to go there in in terms of lifestyle mm. like over over in those countries the the lifestyle outside of you know the very uh very strict islam based sort of rules the lifestyle is pretty insane like they're they're really like you said really blending with like western culture in the western world Mm. You can see what the draw card is for a lot of people. Because I got cousins that work in like Saudi Arabia, Dubai, and things like that, mm. and like they left their like, you know, corporate jobs in the Philippines to go work as like butlers and mm. waiters and things like that, and sending money back to the Philippines, yeah. Philippines, which is crazy. Mm. 
Um, all right, a few uh, topic ideas for today. The first thing I want to talk about is the benefits of online coaching. Uh, this podcast is produced by Bridget, so thank you, Gidge, for doing all this. Um, it's becoming more and more common in a society where everything is online, but some clients are still resisting to this form of coaching. Why is this and how can we as coaches change their mindset? Tom Bray, you want to kick us off? Sure, I'd love to. <laughs> I think I did a solo episode on online coaching as well, so you can go back and watch that if you're really keen. You just want to listen to me ramble for 10 minutes. <laughs> um, but like the, the first place you have to start is is thinking about like the statement that will come from people like that or even coaches, which is like online coaching is not for everyone. And I mean, there is some truth to that, but I think that where it comes from is online coaching is not for every coach, as in not everyone knows how to actually take what you do in real life and put it into the online method. And a lot of issues from online coaching literally come from a lack of communication. It's just the communication needs are slightly different when you're dealing online than when you're dealing in person. Um, in the sense, especially of in person, especially in the scenario where you coach someone at the same gym, as in maybe you do a session with them only once a week, but you see them a few times a week, you can see them doing an exercise and quickly be like, hey, no, 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 I want you to do it like this. You see everything they do in their warm-ups, and so you can see the improvement happening in their warm-ups. So even if their top sets look the same every single week for a while, you can see where they're improving. Online, you don't get that. And there seems to be this weird expectation that you're meant to see some sort of improvement every week. We don't have that expectation in person, but when we go online, for some reason, we expect to see it. Mm. Uh, so there's there's a lot of interesting things about online coaching that make it a little bit different from in person, but most of it just comes down to communication. I'm sure you guys have found this doing doing online coaching. Yeah, definitely. One thing I've learned from online coaching is how to articulate myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a course that I did that helped me articulate myself. <laughs> Tell us about it, Jane. <laughs> the Zero Coach Development Program. Do it. <laughs> Great <laughs> course. No, but I mean, like exactly that. You have to be a master of taking what you would say in real life, but then removing all the stuff you can do in real life. You can't touch the person. You can't demonstrate. You can figure out ways to do this online, but if you're taking everything and putting it into writing, you have to be a master with your words. You have to be really good at writing something down and getting that to sort of land with the person on the other side and also having confidence with how that works. So my biggest advice to coaches starting out is if you're doing online coaching, you need to be doing some form of coaching in person as well because both of them feed into each other so much. So like when we watch someone do a squat, even if the combo's in the way or something's in the way or it's a funny angle, we know what everything looks like from every angle because we see it happen in person. And so you can make accurate assumptions. Oh, the way the ankle's moving here means that this is happening at the knee and the hip even though I can't see the knee and the hip. And then you can sort of have some idea of where things are at, what you need to work on, what you need to change. Uh, you don't get that if you only ever do online coaching. You only see what you see online and that makes it a little bit more tricky for sure. I feel that one of the benefits of online coaching is you can spend more time analyzing a lift mm. than you can in person. So you can spot things that you wouldn't necessarily see in person for and sure. give more detailed feedback. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And again, like uh, part of the issue with online coaching is just communication. So mm. like where people might struggle with online coaching is they're not taking on the feedback very well and then you talk to them you're like oh it's because they read it when they get it and then they squat a week later Mm. so Mm. like so much of the burden of online coaching or so much of the burden of the success of online coaching falls back on the coach to be better at communicating and the better you get at communicating the better your coaching your business your everything gets it's a it's a real 
lesson. And I, I, know, I feel like I have an unfair advantage because I was one of the first in Australia to do it. So I've just got a leg up in terms of... Were you really? Yeah, there was... A, when I started online coaching, I always say I was one of the first. I didn't know anyone else in Australia doing mm. online powerlifting coaching. So I don't believe I was the first because I have no doubt that other people were doing it because online bodybuilding coaching was starting to get pretty popular. Uh, but I didn't know of anyone else that was doing it at the same time. So I just started making it up. It's really cool. And it's just like being one of the first, you just learn the lessons before everyone else. Mm. So you get better than everyone else pretty quickly and mm -hmm. you stay ahead for a while. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, online coaching is so, 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 so fantastic. Yeah. Just got, just double downing, uh, just off the back of what Bridget was saying before, um, like you said, because you you can analyze a lift, you got more time to analyze a lift, and it's not spirit the moment thing. When the lift is right in front of you, they're expecting an answer straight away. Mm -hmm. If they've sent through a video, they're waiting for your feedback. And like you said, you got more time to articulate yourself, because with how we all coach squat bench uh, and deadlift, like there's a lot of nuances to how we approach things. We've got systems that we all follow. So essentially, like. I pretty much say the same thing every single week to my lifters. Yeah, we all use the same language. And that's not a bad thing. Um, but like you said before, Tom, it's how you're getting that message across, how it's connecting with the lifter. There's, you know, like when people say there's a thousand ways to skin a cat, there's a thousand ways to look at a squat as well. Mm -hmm. um, that's a really important point though. So like, Bridget, when you do a session, say with Heather, mm -hmm. if you strip away all the small talk, if you strip away all the, come on, you got a three more, good going girl, well done, Han, whatever you say. <laughs> how much actual coaching do you do week to week? Like how much do you say, okay, here's what you need to do. You need to twist your quads away from each other. Hold that all. How much of that actually happens in a session? Uh, probably like 10 seconds before each set. Okay, you know? so a yeah. little bit. Yeah. So imagine taking that and just writing it down and writing it down every single week. Would it be different every week? Not it, really. No, It'd no, because be you want to keep the same. the same language because then it'd get confusing for the client. I think if you're changing up what you're saying all the time. Exactly. And you're working on the same thing. Mm. Like the same breakdown is going to exist mm -hmm. for the next four, six, eight, ten, twelve 10, 12 weeks, whatever it is. So this is the really hard part of online coaching that a lot of people find difficult to swallow is that when you just snapshot the feedback on the lifting week after week after week, it looks very much the same. And so... You need to be good at communicating as an online coach what you actually mean in terms of when I say the same thing to you every week, it doesn't mean that you suck at this. It means mm. it's the thing that we're working on. If I say the same thing every week, it doesn't mean you're not getting it. It actually means you're getting it and you just need to continue to work on it. Mm -hmm. If you weren't getting it, I would have to change what I was saying. So again, it's another burden of communication for the online coach to be able to say why they're saying what they're saying, not just say the same thing over and over again. And sometimes, like I found this early on, I'm, you guys know, I'm very analytical with everything. And so early in the, in the piece, I really um, uh, prided myself on giving this really intensive feedback, just like we all do in Zero Now. We're very good at giving feedback and that's kind of where it stemmed from. And some people after a while of that took that as personal criticism. Like they couldn't handle the feedback because they thought they were getting attacked eventually. And of course that was never the case. And I, you know how I write. I write in a very encouraging way. But some people just need that reassurance, say, every three to four weeks to be like, okay, well, you're not actually doing anything wrong. You're actually making great progress. Instead of giving you a novel of feedback this week, great job. Keep it up. 
That's why I always try to let um, lifters know when they're doing the right thing, when they're implementing the feedback, my feedback into their training, because that's what I was thinking. It could get disheartening hearing the same thing over and over again each week, and you always think you're doing something wrong. Exactly. Mm. And then, then you've got this other interesting balance. If you're too positive, people are like, I'm paying for you, you for a service, and all you're saying is great job. Yeah. Mm. Like you have to be really good, again, at just – learning how to communicate, learning how to frame your communication and sort of taking a step back and being like, what does this feel like for the person on the other end? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, the majority of uh, like our clientele for online coaching is they're already relatively invested in their own training. Mm. So, you know, they do have a relatively good understanding of squat bench deadlift, powerlifting. Mm -hmm. um, so they're not paying for, like you said, a fucking golden pat on the back. They're wanting to get better at their craft. Yeah. But as you were saying before, how we implement feedback, what I like to do when I structure my feedback, I got this from you, Tombro. Everything I do, I learn from Tombro. Um, if everyone hasn't really figured that out. But um, I, like, I like to call it like a... Um, compliment sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I always <laughs> start with a compliment. I'm complimenting what they're good on. And then um, the bulk of the feedback is what they need to work on, which is in the middle of the sandwich. And then... Uh, motorbike oh <laughs> and then uh obviously i end on something good mm. and that's that's normally how that's normally how it works and it's normally uh you know you're leaving on a good note because mm -hmm. if you like you said if all you're doing is fucking hammering them saying you need to do this you need to do the that is pretty shitty mm. that is uh yeah it's like they know they need to do that you said it a million times tell me what i'm good at tell me what i'm uh what i'm doing good uh yeah what i'm getting better at yeah, it's just that ongoing balance of the communication mm. No, uh, but yeah, I mean the 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 differences in online to in person coaching aren't aren't as great as people make it out to be. Uh, I mean, there's definitely going to be differences generation generationally in terms of like some older people probably aren't going to be as receptive to online coaching just because they're old school. Um, some people need the like I I have to come out of my bias sometimes. You know, I work with people who are good powerlifters and want to be the best powerlifters. Uh, then the more novice to intermediate people might need more of a um, an emotional connection, might need that sort of like de-stressing, take all the thought away kind of one-on-one face-to-face -on -one -face kind of session. I get that. Uh, th there is going to be a group of, of people where online coaching or that medium might not be as successful. But even saying that out loud, there's ways around that. You line up a weekly call. Mm. Like you can, you can still get an emotional, a real emotional connection with someone over an online call. It's not the same as in person. There's always going to be a slight separation, uh, but there's so many ways you can make online coaching as valuable, if not more valuable than in-person coaching. 100%. I look yeah. at it as like emotional support and guidance. You know, you support them emotionally to an extent uh, and you guide them towards their goals, which is in our, in our field to get big, uh, to get stronger. Mm. But um, like you said, with the calls, that's what I do. I do every, I schedule a call with my lifters every deload week. Mm -hmm. And it's a really cool way to keep them engaged, keep their relationship strong. Definitely. And it's um, because it is online. So sometimes, like you said, you don't have that emotional uh, connection mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, I'm just talking to a fucking Google chat. Like yep. it's not a real thing until you have that call. Um, and... I think, I don't know who my longest clients are. Maybe I've been coaching maybe Peter Dolan. The long, I think he's one of them, but yeah. I've still never met Peter Dolan mm. in person. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, we've never met in person. And we have a call once a month. Uh, and yeah, we talk quite a bit. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we got a really cool, really cool relationship. I'm very lucky. Most of my online clients actually train out of this gym. So I do get to see them on a weekly basis, which is great. I'm yeah. very grateful for that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, uh, there's. I, I really think that's actually probably one of the most 
uh, powerful situations in terms of getting someone a really good result really quickly um, is that even if you don't do sessions with those people in person when they're here, just being able to see them every now and again. Mm. Uh, and, and same thing for people that don't train here very often but still come in like Angus, you know. Mm. Like your connection with Angus is going to be very different to if you only saw him once a year at a comp. Or like Peter Dolan, you know, I coached him before you did and I'd spoken to him once in a call when we first signed up. Besides that, I only just met him at Pro Rod this year, Gorn. And wow. I've, had, I've had clients that I coach for like five years who I never met or clients that I coach for that kind of time that I met like five years after coaching them. It's, it's weird. Mm. I, um, James Webster has been a, a client of mine for forever. I can't remember when he started, but a long, long time ago. Uh, and I've never met him. Yeah, well. Wow. Never met him. I've spoken to him on the phone maybe two or three times. Uh, but, you know, we've, we've got a great relationship in terms of we don't communicate heaps, but when we do communicate, it's very productive. And you know, he checks in all the time and he's just a, a great loyal lifter of... Of ours and it's yeah it's, it's kind of weird having these relationships with people that you you haven't met it's um it's still funny i thought about this the other day thomas i remember i've been working here i don't know how many years but i said to you i want to be an online coach mm. and you're like oh do you i was like yeah can i can i start doing online somehow and it's funny now looking back and i'm like when i go do my feedback i'm like fuck like I've, for me i'm like yeah i'm frothing it i've come so far mm. in that short amount of time when i was finally said i want to become an online coach yeah it's just time mm and grinding away at it that's cool all right um oh, want to talk about luke cutler's one. Oh yeah yeah let me bring that up feeds into my grateful another listener of the podcast luke cutler where did i uh where did i send that shout out luke you just started on the the coach development program nice. we banter a lot in my inbox about how sydney sucks even though we love <laughs> sydney luke cutler been the bar all right <laughs> <coughs> um Mindset. Something about mindset. Let me try paraphrase it. It's a novel. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Actually, no, I'll just read it all. It's not that long. Hey, mate, big fan of the potty and had an idea for a topic that I think is super important and not really discussed a huge amount. And we're awesome to hear your guys' thoughts on it, given the coaching experience you all have. Mentality of lifters. Like how mentality can impact a session, negative mindset off the top of of top set filter into accessories self-doubt or outside sourcing impacting how we approach sessions etc honestly i think lifting is 80 percent mentality and how we approach our training comps etc so i thought it'd be so that's the what he wanted to drop in you have an example of this just yesterday with uh yeah. with asha oh. yo good yeah. Hello. oh yeah that's right asha was talking about um because she's quite a, she's a very uh, emotional lifter. She's got very... Uh, Attaches a, a lot of emotion to the number on the bar. Yeah, very emotional. She's very, she loves powerlifting. Mm -hmm. um, and she's a great person, great powerlifter. Wonderful but she's got a person. huge uh, emotional attachment to the numbers on the bar. And um, we spoke about this yesterday. And she said to me, she said to me, you don't really, what'd she say? She's like, you don't really care about uh, what you're lifting. Yeah, you don't really care if you like don't, Get the numbers that week or something like that. Yeah, and I, I thought, um, I don't know what, it, like, I was like, oh, yeah, no, I don't. Because you, you've seen me stop training a million times. I don't care that I've actually gotten weaker. I just get back into it and start training again. Stop running, start running again. It doesn't matter. Like, I'm never dwelling on, uh, like, we've spoken about this before. But you, don't, you don't really lose strength or in running. You don't really lose speed. You just lose the ability to express it. Um, so I just know I'm going to get back there to that top end ranges, but... 
I don't know. I just I enjoy the process more. I think so. That's why I don't really have a an attachment to certain numbers. Even though I am very outcome driven, I always think of goals. A lot of the time, I don't meet those goals because they're quite lofty goals. Like when I said I was going to score three hundred, um, but There's still time. You still could. Yeah. No. 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 But uh, do you know what I mean? Like I just don't have that. Uh, I hate talking. Like I hate giving like personal experiences as an answer. Why? People love that. Mm. Yeah, but... I'm like you. I hate doing that. Like, yeah. I very r- rarely say... Like, if people ask questions on my Instagram or when I'm coaching, I never say, I would do this because yeah. I hate that. Yeah. Like, mm. But people actually really love it. Mm. But, yeah, because I, I... Yeah, I hate doing that. Um, but, yeah, I... I don't even know where to start I reckon this. my bet... I'd happy put money on this. Not much, but I'll put money on it. <laughs> is that you're going to bench more than you've ever benched without trying just if you keep training the way you're training now. Yeah, right. Yeah. I like that. I reckon I reckon when you go 120% at something, you do 120% at something, but it's never long enough to actually go anywhere. <laughs> so if you can just keep simmering away and just play the consistency in time game, I reckon within six months you'll outbench your old PB. Yeah, yeah, I'm not very good at that. My attention span to things isn't a, isn't the greatest. I'm very good at going 150 percent for three months. <laughs> well, I want to hear you other guys. Like, what's your experience of, of your mentality in lifting? Like, CJ, when you were when your back was sore and you were going in sessions and maybe warming up and had a sore back, did it ruin the whole session? Were you like, ah, it's not worth it, and go home, or were you just like, okay, well, I can't do this particular exercise. I'll do something else. Like, how did how did you take that? Um, for me, it was like I didn't trust my back. Every time I deadlift, every time I'm like pulling the bar up, I'm constantly like, is it going to go? Mm. Like, is it going to pop again? Is it going to? And I think what it took for me is just to be like, just to do it more. So then I could prove to myself that your back's actually fine. It's just in your head. Um, and then once I learned to trust my back, then I, instead of focusing on every squat, every deadlift, like, you know, oh, it is, is it going to, you know, go, go wrong again? It's just, I'm more just focusing on lifting now. Just like my cues, my positioning, where I'm in space, just moving the weight and um, just being like, just not, being distracted by the, uh, where the injury was on my body and, you know, thinking about that. So I think, yeah, it was just doing it more and showing myself that I can trust that my back's just not going to, like, fall apart again. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I, I think, yeah, that, that's, it. that's it really. Like, I, I was watching videos back of myself saying, like, oh, they're moving fine. Mm. Mm. Like, I'm not breaking down really bad or anything like that. It's just, yeah... It, it's all in my head. Yeah, I it's think just stacking up that evidence. Yeah, a yeah. positive mindset goes a long way. Because I was thinking back to, I think it was before I worked here and I was prepping for my first Christmas cup. And I used to come in on Monday for squat day, like absolutely frothing and like so excited to squat. And like even if I didn't hit the numbers, like I'd still like have a great session and I'd have heaps of fun. And that's literally what it was. It was fun. But then come deadlift day, driving here, I'd be in my head about it and I'm like, oh, this is going to be so shit. Oh, I'm not going to be able to get it. And I'd have like the worst session. Mm. And then as soon as I changed that mindset around deadlifts and just tried a bit harder, the weight moved. Mm. So, Yeah, it's definitely a confidence thing because mm. I think that's one thing that um, I'll talk from my own experience, but one thing that I'm, I'm a little bit overconfident in my ability at times. So I love fucking shooting for the stars and anything I do. I'm like, Damn all right, got to fucking, you know, got to go balls to the wall, got to, 
got to go as hard as I can. Uh, but yeah, like yesterday, I'll just give another example with uh, Asha. So she went to the bathroom. It was her last warm up. We're going to do one more warm up. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to load the bar with her top set. Yeah, see, this is what I was talking about before. Yeah, I'm going to load yeah. the bar with her top set because as soon as she finds out, as soon as she does that last warm up, she's going to freak out. Yeah. She's going to go, fuck, got this top set, whatever. Um, so I just loaded it with her top set. She came back calm as just talking shit, joking around with us, got under it, squatted it. Did the best looking squat. <laughs> it's a PB. Like, yeah. Squatted the deepest I've seen her yeah. squat as well. It's literally the best I've ever seen her squat. Mm-hmm. And it's Honestly. the heaviest she's ever squatted. <laughs> yeah. mm. Just because her mindset around it was so different. She thought it was her last warm up. Yeah. But so she was fine. As soon as she stood up with it, she's always uh she's always got something negative to say about her performance. So as soon as she stood up with it, she was like, that was too deep. <laughs> I love her response though the other week when you said that to her that she's like always has to say something negative. She's like, it's just part of my personality, James. Yeah. <laughs> she goes, it's part of my personality, James. I'm not going to change. I'm like, yeah, right, whatever. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. Yeah, but yeah, she squatted a PB, like 115. Mm. It was fucking it was so smooth. Mm-hmm. Mm. And um, yeah, just that mindset around it. She treated it like a warm up. You know, she yeah. wasn't in her head, wasn't too intense, wasn't sniffing ammonia, just got under it and did it yeah. and fucking crushed it. Mm. So she did. Here's what I don't like about these conversations and not a stab at any of you guys, but like, it's really easy for us to say, um, like, so you Bridget, for example, driving to the gym and having a bad mindset about deadlifts and being like, just change your mindset. Cause if, yeah, if, no, you, it's not always if you called us yeah. while you were driving freaking out, we're just like, just change your mindset. Like, it's not that hard. You would have hung up the phone and be like, fuck is wrong with these people? <laughs> and then just sat there freaking about deadlifts and also being upset that we're just like, no, your, your thoughts and feelings are not yeah. valid. Shut up. Solution's so, so simple. Like it's it's really easy for us to say, I'll come in with a positive mindset, but what you've all experienced and what you were touching on CJ, like the best pathway to that is to keep showing up and stacking up the evidence that you can do something. Mm. Just like, yeah, just like mm-hmm. your imposter syndrome with coaching, just like yours with coaching over time. It's just showing up and getting that evidence. And so like even myself, I, I you guys know I'm really stoic about the numbers and appear to not care. I think every single lifter has at least some form of emotional attachment to numbers. Mm. Like, you know, when I unracked 120 on the bench yesterday, it felt kind of heavy. And I'm like, ah, that's not very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd rather it didn't feel heavy. Uh, you know, or like, you know, this last block doing raw squats and doing 130 for sets of eight. I'm like, I've done this for in the 200s. And, you know, like it's hard not to have at least little sparks of those thoughts. But what happens with evidence over time? So in my own personal situation, if I zoom out, I'm like, all I really care about is how do I perform when I'm maxing out? How do I perform when I'm either going into a peak or doing a competition? And as long as I know that I can perform a little bit better every time, or at least the average over time is getting better, then I'm on the right track. That's what I say to my clients. Aim for progress, not perfection. Yeah. And so like, I realize that this is just a a cog in the engine at the moment. I'm just training. Mm -hmm. I'm not peaking. I don't need to be maximum strength right now. Uh, I'm not under peaking circumstances. So I'm just training. And so when you're just training, you just have to do uh, the the relative intensity that you need to get better, which is hard, pretty hard, that kind of thing. If everything's easy, you're not getting better. If it's way too hard and you're failing, you're probably not getting better. So it's just like, are you hitting the kind of numbers that are hard enough in the moment? Forget what the actual number is, just train. Mm. I'm sorry, I'm going to use Asher as, as an example again. Like I said, I have this conversation with her quite a bit. I'm like, hey, because she freaks out about the numbers. But I'm like, all right, these numbers... 
are in your program because you're capable of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Tom, bro, if you open your program and you saw a fucking 500 kilo squat, like you'd be like, yeah, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> but, do you know what I mean? Like everything in Ash's program is because she's capable of doing those numbers. Exactly. And we, like you said, we've stacked up evidence in the past. We've got data that shows she's capable of doing these numbers. Um, so yeah, like, and we haven't seen Asha fail a lift this whole block. Mm. She's PB'd everything. Mm. The one time she failed a lift was a deadlift double. And I showed Bridget the video. I was like, fuck, Asha failed her uh, doubles. Showed the video to Bridget. She didn't even attempt the second rep. Yeah. <laughs> she just did one and then yeah, just left it. She's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No, nah, sorry to use you as an example, Asha, but I'm we really. We love you, Asha. And she's going to compete at Capo Nationals mm. in a, a couple of weeks. She's going to fucking kill, kill it. it. Nice. She's PB'd everything. So, she's fucking well on track. Yeah. Mm. Nice. I think I've heard you say this before. I don't know if it was to me or one of your clients where you, you said, um, like, you've done the work, you've earned the right to put this on the bar, like mm. in a comp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like saying like, you, you've earned the right to load that. Mm. And that's something that I've, I, I took into my last comp. Like when you loaded, I think it was 152 uh, on my deadlift. And I had to tell myself, I was like- 252. 252, sorry. Yeah, 252. And I remember wa- walking out going like, I've- Yeah, you're I've, being a baby. Yeah, being a baby. And I had to remember like, he's loaded this because he actually thinks I can do it. <laughs> and I just had to do it. Um, yeah, so I think there's, yeah, what you're saying, there's a lot of power in that, just mm. knowing, no, you, you've done the work you, you deserve. Like, That's also a scary thing for lifters going into competition and P being all their lifts at comp. Mm. You know, they're well, I've never done this before. It's like, yeah, no, you haven't fucking done this before. <laughs> yeah. no, oh, that's the point. <laughs> literally what you told me. We've literally, like, James, peaked. I haven't attempted this. And you're yeah. like, that's what we're here for. We've peaked <laughs> for this particular point. Yeah. You should be at your strongest <laughs> right now. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, true. You'd be surprised how many people think that like a, a real peak is hitting what you hit in training at the comp, mm. which is just ridiculous. Mm. What's the, what's the <laughs> point? Why do the comp? Like, <laughs> um, What have I got next? Uh, strength training is... V- oh, actually, no, this was a good one. Gitch. We've only mm-hmm. got a couple of minutes. Ah, oh, sweet. Uh, you know what? These are really good. Good. You've set us up for a few good podcasts, okay. so I'll leave them. I'm going to get into the Would You Rathers. No, we already did these. Oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> My bad. Has anyone got oh. one off the top of their head? No. I, I saw one. I heard one the other day. Oh, That's helpful? Yeah, <laughs> not helpful at Actually, all. Actually, we, we might be getting a few guests on in the podcast in the next couple of weeks. If you guys have any guest recommendations, can mm. you send them through? And if you can help us get those guests on the podcast, they'll be even better. You know what? And if you don't be shy, if you want to come on the podcast, you can ask. The worst that you're going to say is no. Yeah. <laughs> Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> the worst is that we can say no and then we'll all laugh at you and film it and put it on social media. <laughs> yeah. Can't believe this guy wanted to be on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Don't ask. <laughs> don't, don't, ask. Don't, don't call us. We'll call you. Yeah. <laughs> Take your feelings. Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm trying to think of. Um, or would you rather? No, no, of people who have asked to in, in in on the peak speak because we've had a lot of people ask that we've put down gently or just kind of dodged. <laughs> I like because are I, we sorry? I was just going to say I I actually appreciate people wanting to like get their name out there and 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 throw uh, you know 
Because you shouldn't be embarrassed to get the answer no. You asked a yes or no question, and the answer is either yes or no. Mm. Uh, and I actually have a bit of respect for people who are like you know trying to spread their wings and mm-hmm. get a bit more out there and and use our platforms to do it. Yeah, like just so we can, we can get our uh, Boating Thompson on the podcast. He did say yes, but he can't next week because of the hours they're conflicting with his schedule. Sweet. But I was thinking we could get his. Uh, this is completely different, but it's in the realm of high performance. Is his partner Kaya Pierce. Who's uh, oh, one a of dancer? Yeah, who's one of the most famous hip hop dancers in the world, and she's like been a part of the biggest shows in the world. Uh, so it'll be really fucking random and really cool. Yeah, if she can talk, I'm keen. Mm, it'll be good. I mean, several of our guests have been uh, that you've brought on, like um, Liz and uh, uh, Alex and Jordan Kahu. Jordan, none of them powerlifters. Mm. Mm. We we're just talking about their stuff. Mm. Yeah, so if you know if you got any guest recommendations or you want to come on, give us a message. Zero high performance podcast <laughs> coming to you soon. <laughs> All right, let's wrap things up. We're gonna we're gonna do a zero UK podcast. As in, I'm not gonna be on it, obviously. But John, John, and um, his offsider over there, Biz, they're gonna do a zero UK podcast. That's cool. Nice. You can look forward to that. Oh, the en- the enemies. Enemies. Mm. Uh, we won't be able to understand them anyway. <laughs> I just sit there for an hour being Same like, you're language. okay. Yeah, mate, you're okay. Yeah, I'm good. You're okay. You're oh, that's class. Team. That's what Jordan always says. Oh, that's class, class, man. That's lush. class. That's lush. He's that's got the whole sexy, eh? That's lush. <laughs> All right. All Thank right. you very much. Subscribe. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening to the Zero Podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram, zero underscore weakness. Hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more.